Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba recap podcast. Reba cap podcast. Reba Capables. Reba Um, I am one of your co-hosts, Natalie Weiner. And I'm Johnny Opping, and we have our third guest of the podcast. Third, um, third, uh, the first third all two. time. Uh, Abby Johnston of the. 19th I don't know who that News. is. <laughs> she is a, a journalist from Texas, Texas Monthly and Nineteenth News. I don't know. I don't have to read you Abby Johnston's. <laughs> I don't know portfolio. Did she mention me? Uh, well, she no, talked she... about you a little bit. Right, yeah. but I mean, you've been brought up in every episode. <laughs> oh, happy to hear it. And wait, who's the other person? Brandon Soderberg. He's a I, writer. I have absolutely Baltimore. no idea who Brandon Soderberg is. Well, you Baltimore, know, maybe from Baltimore. What does uh-huh. he write about? He writes a well. He was a music writer, and now he kind of does like yeah, crime sense. and police beats. Oh, so. dangerous. Yeah, he wrote a book about corrupt cops, so <gasps> he talked about that on the podcast, too. So basically, we've had two journalists, and now we're having Corbin Smith. <laughs> Another esteemed journalist <laughs> yeah, um, come on. and I've, podcaster. I've done journalism before. You have. Mm-hmm. I've called guys and said, uh, so uh, how nice are the shoes? <laughs> what is that referring to? I, but there was a joke that I said I did journalism and then I described doing PR. I, you know. I, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> that was funny. It seems anyway. like you got a uh, a press release this morning about some shoes. Is that what No, I don't get press releases about shoes. I get them about books. Mm. Wow, and they you're say a real you wanted, intellectual is what you're saying. They, well, no, just like sports books. And they say you wanted to send you the sports book. And sometimes I say, yeah, send it over. Yeah, and then sometimes mm-hmm. I read it. Ah, you know, goes back and Some, forth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, reading is good. A lot of our listeners are, are not journalists, so this is like a real peek behind the curtain. Of <laughs> the process. Something that Abby and Brandon couldn't provide was like yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I get out the PR stuff. The dream <laughs> is to be a, a video game journalist because then you just get free video games, you know? Mm, yeah. So how do you get your? I guess that I have also gone to a lot of games because yeah. for free because for... I was covering them. But yeah, yeah. I mean that's sports, baby. Right. I mean journalism. Yeah. I think that your sort of mark as a journalism journalist is determined by how much access you've gotten to th- how many free oh, yeah, books sure. you get, how many free video games, <laughs> oh, yeah, how many sporting events you get to. I mean, Why else would you do it? Why else right. would you even do it? <laughs> exactly. There aren't really a lot of other incentives. So, um, I, Can I curse on the Reba Watchables? I know Reba wouldn't approve. but I think we have i mean we'll probably blurt it in when we i mean like uh what do you not blurt it in, <laughs> blurt it in? Well, isn't that like you're gonna that? take me saying fuck and you're gonna like sprinkle it through other parts of the podcast <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you didn't if you didn't curse we would put <laughs> yeah. you cursing in uh, I was gonna where say johnny where in the hell would you find a recording of me cursing <laughs> i don't I, yeah that would be hard but i think like both of us are avid enough 
quarantine cast and other affiliated Corbin out. Please, the quarantine products. cast is over. It's Turtle, Turtle Pod, right? Turtle, Turtle Pod, Pod Hangout. Pod. Turtle, Turtle Pod, Pod Hangout. Hangout. So I I have, it, we're only one episode into Turtle Pod Hangout, right? Yeah, well, there's only one episode of Turtle Pod Hangout. Oh, you That's mean how, I actually done. just recorded the second. No, I no, I just recorded the second episode. It's not. Well, that's what I said when I said when I said we're only one episode. I didn't mean. I was saying I wasn't saying I'm only one episode. In. Oh, okay. I'm zero episodes in, but oh, well. I need to catch up, and luckily, I'm not too far behind. Yeah. Um. So, Corbin, thank you so much for coming. Did you say my, Did you say my last name? Corbin Smith. Thanks. Uh, Please, thank you for coming on Rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> you really threw uh, me off there. I was like, at Corbin A. Smith. At uh, Corbin A. Dot, Smith. <laughs> Corbin A. Dot Smith over on Instagram. I get a lot of pictures of ducks. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, we usually save the plugs for the end of the episode. Oh, but, well, okay. Well, right, fine. you can't just plug something now and then like leave the podcast <laughs> and think that we'll just record it without you. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah anyway as i was saying corbin thank you for joining us to recap the eighth ever episode of the hit sitcom reba Mm -hmm. um what network was this on it was on i think it was on. you're looking at the wikipedia page i always forget it was on the wb yeah oh that tracks yeah well i don't know what that means by tracking well, what do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, yeah, because it's because it's you good. Know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of like one of those flash shows, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have they worked Reba into the extended DC television universe yet? Not that I'm aware of. I, oh. Yeah, we wouldn't be the ones that ask. Yeah, but... that's true. That's true. You're cool, not like me. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's why we have a podcast about Reba, the sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Johnny has a little bit of context for us I, about this episode, which is titled Don't Know Much About History. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the eighth episode. Like the song, like the song in Inherent Vice. Yeah, that's what right. the song well, is best known yeah. as. <laughs> Are you talking about the Sam Cooke song? Yeah, what's it called? It's not Don't Know Much About History, is it? Uh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful world, world this yeah. would be. That's my yeah. That wow, wow, that's how Thomas I Thomas Pynchon uh, vehicle. <laughs> no, no, much about history. Also, it's Don't been in like a million movies too. I feel like if it's famous for a movie, it's. I well, okay, house. well, guess what? Inherent Vice is my probably my favorite movie that it's in. Wow, so you've seen Inherent Vice more than once? Yeah, I have. Yeah, wow, that is. I don't it's know a, if I've ever seen it. It's an intense movie. It's good from the one viewing I saw. Anyway, yeah. This isn't an Inherent Vice podcast, so right. yeah. please I mean, try you know, to not stay to, on you topic. Know what, not to brat, I've actually, I've, you know, I read Gravity's Rainbow last year. So. You read what? Gravity's Rainbow. By oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. It sounds like a quarantine. <laughs> uh, I actually think I finished it before quarantine was over. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> or before quarantine that, started Sorry. that quarantine happened and nobody could come over to like see it on your nightstand yeah 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 Yeah. usually it's my number one thing with the ladies like oh yeah that's the 
that's the long esoteric book I'm reading. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense, though. You know, you tend to, I would imagine you attract an intellectual type. Oh, yeah. You appreciate oh, yeah, for such sure. things. For sure, yeah. My many, my many leather-bound books. <laughs> I go, yeah, oh, there's a sale over at the Library of America website. <laughs> I say that a lot. It's a good line. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Um, so wait, what's tell us more about this okay. episode, Johnny? Um Oh, I thought you were gonna tell me say tell me more about your ways of production. <laughs> no, no. Usually, well I like to, I like says, to tell me more. It's probably not about the I, Well, I like to I about. like to I like to ride my bike to my dates so that they say me as gross and sweaty as possible at first. So I can only go uphill from there. Now I know what you're thinking, Corbin. Funny joke. I have actually done that before. <laughs> no, we were thinking, yeah, that it was a real thing. We were thinking. I mean, we've been watching Shrill, and like basically, you're like our Portland reference point, and mm -hmm. all of it really kind of. I f feel like you would fit well into the Shrill extended. You there's know. like a there's like a scum. There's like a kind of dirtbag boyfriend in Shrill, right? There is. Yeah. Yeah. And she dumps him pretty brutally, so. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Spoiler alert. So how did that? Yeah. No. That's that's what happened. Look, you. that's what happens to us. I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, get was, sick of our people get sick of our shit and then they leave. We were oh. we were talking about it and it was just, I, like I I turned to Natalie when we were watching. And I was like, well, like one thing about the show is they kind of like use they have this cop out where like some of the characters are just insane and like absurd, unrealistic, and then they just use they justify that by being like, well, it's Portland. Like that's you can't say that that's not realistic and it's like seems kind of lazy uh, yeah, but then like two it. seconds later i was like but i mean the only person i really know from portland is corbin well yeah but so, i live in Van i live in vancouver oh man is vancouver just full of characters it's sort of like it's sort of like portland fort worth oh yeah we talked about this on a podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay i think that um we're 10 minutes in so i think we're going to start talking about reba uh so that we can get to this episode you guys are just like really like stressing that i'm talking about reba but all right okay oh, <laughs> wow right. backseat podcast hosting okay <laughs> relax i you know i mean take it or break it heard of it because <laughs> nobody else has our podcast is a little bit less like free association than yours. <laughs> and more about reba right yeah look we have a guiding principle and it's that principle reba. is reba that principle is the revolution has already been televised so um i have a lot of questions okay yeah that's what we're gonna get into so okay we i want to like you're the first guest who i is experiencing this without the context of already being a fan of the show so we're gonna Oh, you found two other guests who like Reba? That's wild. Oh, yeah. I mean, you so... Did, uh, clearly, you haven't been listening, Corbin, which yeah. I'll try not to take personally, no. but... No, I haven't. <laughs> Four million U.S. viewers watched this episode, oh. which is a lot, as far as I know. It's, well, yeah, it's especially a lot for the time before the internet. Right. Well, I feel like it would be... They probably had higher numbers, right? Yeah. Because... Because people didn't have streaming. They, so. yeah there was less yeah. to do like most of us did gather around to watch Reba. to watch Reba, yeah um yeah. and it it aired on november 16th 2000 no i'm sorry 
Yeah, November 16th, 2001. Right, it was the second of the back-to-back double back doubleheader yeah, rebut. They kind of blocked off two, not, two, two months after 9-11. Oh, it, Wow, you stole our line. Wow, you are, you are <laughs> the best. You are, you are a guest that needed to be on this because a feature of this episode, or of this show is, is sort of like documenting in history how far each episode is from 9-11. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. that's... We'll kind of like take it from well, it's there. About two mo- it's about two months in a week, right? Basically. Oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're kind of coming up on the first Thanksgiving post 9-11. Mm-hmm. So, I Wait, I'm asking, at what point do they start referencing 9-11 in Reba? Because they presumably had shot this one before That's a the good world point. changed on that I, terrible they, I would imagine that like, I mean, we haven't watched it yet, so I'm imagining that, like, based on what you just said, which I I agree with, it would be probably the premiere of season two would be, like, a 9-11 heavy episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the second half of season one, there's a lot of episodes. That's it'll true. be Once the episode, it'll be the episode where Reba gets so mad that she buys a gun and goes to Afghanistan and gives <laughs> the problem herself. With, with, grit, with grit and grace, I think. <laughs> Wait, Corbin, do you have any memories of the November after 9-11? Yeah, like, where were you emotionally at that point? Uh, you were, like, two or three years old? <laughs> no, I was... How old was I when 9-11? How old was I? You know how old you were. <laughs> Everybody knows what grade they were in when 9-11 I happened. was in... Oh yeah, good point. I was in an eighth grade, and okay. so I was thirteen. I mean, you were just fourteen, right there in puberty. You just you had enough to deal with. Yeah, I was a religious teen. Oh wow, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I've talked about it. I don't, I don't talk about it much. I, I turned my back on God when He turned did His this, back on me. Did this, uh, did this event shake that faith? It didn't shake it. It was um, cauterizing, though, I suppose. <laughs> Our, how did 9-11 inform my I mean, it's okay. If it's too much to think about. It was just that, was like, I mean, I, yeah, I, like, um, uh, I think that Christianity gave me a little bit of nihilism about human life. Hmm. And that I thought it was do the opposite, I believe. Yeah, it doesn't though. (laughs) Um, But it sort of made me um, very sad for those people. Hmm. But but in a very abstract sense, because of the sort of I don't know spiritual feeling. Ah, man, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah, no, it's tough to articulate. I mean, I would argue that like people who weren't christians were also sad for the people yeah that was sort of the i think that was the primary thing but i also think i sort of felt like this is the way of the world that like violence is the way of the world and that and and that it's dark so i don't know well i this is an element of christianity i don't know people talk about that like Violence and sin are inherent to the existence of the world, and that, and that through Christ you're speak you're seeking to transcend the way of the world. And so this I, is, I mean, I yeah, think that's probably how I felt. This is a lot more grim than 
most of our like 9-11 memories which i think oh. are which around like airport security and stuff right like, oh i didn't fly much i mean i guess it's like we were but i did but i did think a lot so Aww. i mean we were in fifth and sixth grade i think yeah. when that happened um, so like that's not a big difference but in in terms of like independent thinking from fifth and sixth grade to eighth grade like you did have a pretty big yeah jump yeah i guess us. that's fair 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 i mean i was like i think i don't know if you felt this corbin but like i had never been to new york and i didn't know what the world trade center was like when it happened you know like it felt really far away from me and i was just kind of like okay like i mean this is bad obviously but i just had like no way i had a sense of what the twin towers were but i don't know what that i would have ever called it the world trade center until they blew it up right well Anyway. So that's kind of like where we're all at <laughs> we're all when this episode aired. Yeah. Kind of so in a dark place in Corbin's case. He might have needed to watch more Reba. Um, what we're going to do right now, which is going to be the hardest to pull watched. off part of the entire podcast, is... Like kids in the mean... hall. Watch a lot of kids in the hall, probably. <laughs> the reason it's going to be so hard to pull off is that like me and Corbin are going to try to be quiet for like 50 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> While Natalie recaps the episode quickly so that we can then talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, so, let's see. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, basically, this episode, a plot is about Van flunking a history test, which means he can't play in the game on Friday, which, as oh, we all no. know, he's... I know, oh, well, no. Corbin... the game. Not all of us can sympathize with being the best white cornerback in football history, like Van um and you know okay oh, oh, what i'll get to we'll get to when we get to it get to when we right, get to right, it right, right. <laughs> okay we will get to all of the things i promise um anyway so he's really feeling a lot of pressure because brock is like oh my god if you can, don't play like the team's gonna lose and you're not gonna go to college and everything's gonna be terrible putting a lot of pressure on him and it's clear that van is just like in his own head about taking this history test and he flunks it again decides he wants to do the school play and then Reba encourages him because of course she does because Reba you know knows best um and Brock freaks out and then in the end uh the football team wins without Van um and he does his play and everyone's happy but it's really a the a plot is just kind of like about the unnecessary pressure that we sometimes put on teenagers right um and the b plot is about kira she finally gets her own little plot um i think this is the first time that's happened right yeah she kind of like oh no she had the brock the father daughter thing but this one is more just kira she kind of has a crush on a boy and takes up the tuba to impress him because he also plays tuba and then it turns out that um, he's shit. just into this, little, this other this girl. motherfucker. I wanted to leave you. She's not good enough for you, you pig fuck. <laughs> I'll rip your fucking jaw. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, anyway, she he's into some other girl in the band, and Kira's really sad, and then Reba gives her a pep talk, and that's the end of that little plot so that's that's the broad stroke yeah this guy doesn't get his comeuppance at all no not at all <laughs> it, it's like a lot of there is like a, a vague theme in a lot of these reeb episodes where like you do kind of think like you said someone's gonna get their comeuppance or things are gonna be like settled a little bit more cleanly but mm-hmm. like the a plot or the b plot will kind of just be like well that's life 
you know, the like, only the only catharsis it. is Reba. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like an Ozu movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Corbin, were you like? I'm assuming you. This is the sole Reba episode you've seen. Yeah, of course it is. I've never seen Reba before. Okay. <laughs> Relax. First of all, uh, you've seen Inherent Vice multiple times. Like yeah. you've watched nine Reba episodes in that amount of time. Yeah, I guess I could have, but uh, I didn't. I watched Inherent Vice. All right, but my question is, like... I just talked about Ozu movies. I haven't <laughs> seen Reba. Did, did, uh, was there anything from watching this without context that you, like, had a question about? Okay, a few things. Yeah. One, what's Reba's relationship to this older man? <laughs> That's her ex-husband. Right. She he okay. cheated on her. Does he fucking live there, though? That's that's what I was going to ask. I was like, I bet to Corbin. It, it seems like, like he lives there. He's there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of, like, drops by because they have What, he's like Kramer? Of... A little bit. No, his, his <laughs> okay. like, new wife is very much the Kramer. She wasn't in this that's episode. True. That's true. But she has insane Kramer energy. She just is falling into rooms and breaking things yeah because because here's what happens here's what happens in the theme song she's like i'm a single mother i can't stop loving my kids (laughs) (laughs) and and then almost immediately like there's this man who's in the house and i'm like that's normally a husband okay so his omnipresence in this episode is kind of explained by van because he's also the assistant coach of the high school football team Uh He's he's your classic dentist full-time dentist part-time <laughs> football coach that's not that i mean that's a little true isn't it i mean you're from texas johnny i think maybe you'd be right so in texas say, like but... football is such a big deal that that yeah you can't have another job i mean the other job would be like right, that's spanish teacher who can't speak spanish you know like they like give them a teaching job so that they can like justify paying them enough right you what's a more realistic depiction of texas life uh reba or king of the hill um king of the hill well you know what king of the hill is north texas where we live and Mm -hmm. reba is south texas so maybe they're just wait where does reba live sugarland which is like right outside of houston then why does the why does the boy have a Dallas Cowboys poster? Because Should... if you're in Texas, the Cowboys are who you root for. At I mean, the Texans did. The Texans exist. even exist? Yeah. yeah. The Texans came to Houston in 2002. So yeah, pre Reba. Yeah, but post 9/11. Exactly. I was gonna say that. <laughs> uh, okay, so... so that's my first question: is okay. what's up with that guy? Uh, my second um, yeah, question. So, uh, so this uh, this this blonde daughter, uh, she's a teenage Which, bride. Yes. Yeah. That's kind mm-hmm. of the like premise of the show is she got pregnant, and so mm-hmm. like everybody else in town thinks that Reba's like a bad mom, but mm-hmm. she's kind of like well, trying to hold this family together. In fairness, I mean, you know, maybe it could have worked a little hard to make that marriage work, Reba. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Corbin, yeah. classic <laughs> king of the ca- nuclear family. Classic <laughs> I mean, Pacific kinda... Northwest 
more yeah. conservative than Texas. Also they can't handle that kind of thing up there. It kind of seems like you don't teach your daughter to use protection, too. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, the whole thing was like they didn't think it could happen the first time or whatever. Wasn't that part of the early episode? I don't know. I don't remember. That sounds like a... So they didn't... I mean, so she didn't teach her fucking daughter about reproductive science? Right. Well, Yeah. I mean, look, we all make. Uh, I'm fucking coming down hard on Reba's mothering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe, other... in the South, maybe in a household that was a little more open about sex, like you know. Yeah, well, not everybody can be raised by Corbin Senior and Mrs. Corbin yeah. Senior. <laughs> and yeah, and and one more thing. I mean, like. I mean, abortion is pretty normal. It's not shameful. Really. Well, okay. I mean, look, it's a personal choice. Her body, her choice. You she know what? That's fair. That's fair. In love. That's fair. And Van was there and ready to be supportive and whatever. So wait, how do Van's parents feel about this? Well, that's a whole... You need to listen to previous episodes of... Real no, I don't. You can just tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> they feel uh, negatively about it. <gasps> they kicked him out of the yeah, house. And so. He lives with with reba now okay well i got that their parents are a little bit more of the corbin mold (laughs) and they in that they're like really rich no son of theirs (laughs) okay yeah they sound like kind of dicks but i mean now van gets to live with reba that's pretty cool yeah yeah right it worked out for everybody um but yeah i mean what was your sort of overall impression of this another question you say that van plays cornerback uh-huh. Right, which is a twist because you a lot of weight is put on in not just this episode but numerous episodes how important he is to the team. Yeah, but and he just plays corner. Right, and it's like cornerback definitely important position, he... but like not. It's like they're it's like they want the viewer to be like, wait, are they saying quarterback or cornerback? <laughs> I mean, does he also receive? No, he's just such a lockdown corner. And he just covers so much of the field, I think. <laughs> like, he makes an enormous d- impact on the game. Or what we learned to this week, or this episode, is that, like, maybe the whole fucking town is delusional. Because then, like, what happens, they, they just won without, without him. him. Yeah. So, I, yeah. you know, I don't, like... I mean, it seem- I mean, not to be a dickhead or anything, but, like, it seems like they probably could win without one cornerback. Well, they did. That's like literally like the lesson. But like the, the entire episode. episode, they're like, "Van, you're so important." Right. That's what. Yeah. Exactly. We That's need what you saying. to guard one receiver. <laughs> but yeah, so it's yeah, it's, it's irrational, Corbin. Right. It's a sitcom. Yeah. Um, oh, like, I'm so, oh, oh, I, oh, I'm sorry that I can't talk to two football writers about how the <laughs> football and Reba might not make I'm sense. trying to like, I'm trying to think if there's like any unrealistic things that happen in Inherent Vice. <laughs> oh, a lot. I, it's kind of uh, to the point where it's almost the point. Okay. <laughs> but beyond like logistical confusion, which is totally understandable because like a lot. Wait, have there's... you seen Inherent Vice, Johnny? Yeah, we talked about this. I don't know, nineteen minutes ago. <laughs> I've seen it once, which is apparently like three less times than you. How many times have I seen it? It's either two or three. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, um, so besides like understanding what's going on, what were your feelings about this episode? Anything stick out to you? 
Well, the fact that there there's children brides in it that stuck out. Okay, so that scarred you a little bit. I mean, scarred. It was just like, damn, the show's about child brides. Fuck. So also, like, like kinda... also, you know what? Also, it's yeah. I mean, I guess they're married, but there's something weird about the fact that they're always in front of Reva talking about how they're gonna fuck. Oh, yeah, that it's is, very weird. <laughs> and I mean, I would say that probably, like, it's like, you could argue that, like, they're dancing around it in, like, just kind of cute enough of a way to, like, for a while to where it's like, okay, like, it's, they're just trying to make the audience laugh. But literally, like, the last line of the show is the two parents together sharing a moment where they're like, when finals come around, those two are going to be fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. 24-7. And then it's they're just so like, horny. Oh, oh, and, like, my the God. So yeah, that's definitely weird. But yeah, no, or like this end. part in this family sitcom where she's like, "Hey, you're having trouble studying? What if we fool around?" Like yeah. in real world, she'd be like, "Hey, you're having trouble studying? I'll suck your dick." Uh, oh <laughs> wow! Right? I don't know. I I don't know. Having trouble you're studying? Really how about, like, how about like the I, HBO version? How about I? How about I give you some dome, honey? And then. <laughs> I think. That... I mean, I guess I should compliment the show for being progressive about these these teen bride sexuality, but right. I mean, you can't have it, it both kind ways, of... Corbin. Either. Yeah, no, like... yeah, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. It just took <laughs> me out of it. Is all. I, I don't honestly, know. I do think that you've been watching too much like prestige TV and like movies based on Thomas Pynchon novels because you just said like in the real world <laughs> and then just said like the I, yeah, I mean I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know what people say when they want to fuck each other <laughs> yeah. you know what I usually say you know what I usually say uh, do we want to know <laughs> I usually say daddy's ready to munch <laughs> oh <my God>. okay <laughs> we're gonna have to post a content warning with this episode yeah um yeah. Oh, is it okay if I curse here? <laughs> um, what was your favorite moment of the episode? You like, hey, be honest. Like, before we go any further. Like, oh, you know what my favorite moment was? What was there? Okay, I mostly didn't like this, uh, but um, but I like talking to you guys, so I did it. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, you're welcome, Natalie. Uh, I'm not gonna say thank you. Just keep going. <laughs> my favorite moment was when uh, Reba's tuba daughter and uh, and her and her tuba fuck boyfriend were on the porch, and Van came in. And he yeah. was like, and he was like, "Damn, you look nice with that tuba. Doesn't she look nice with the tuba? Because this is how he's helping yeah. his boy with his game." And then he ran no, into he's the door. Her. Oh, he's helping her. I thought he was helping him. Like, he's like, he's just like, he can tell she has a crush on him and is being like, he's kind of being like, say something nice to her or I'm going to beat your ass is how I kind of interpreted that. No, that wasn't. Ha- no, mine was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lubricate this situation. Okay, that made it sound really weird. They're like 12. <laughs> no, I, not, not sex lubricant, just social lubricant. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I, I think that like, it was I think really that you're funny. being sort of like, so you're acting like it was like you're sarcastically enjoyed that. That's but I think when he walked into the door that you. No, it was funny, but like no, even that. But no, yeah, no, it got a little <laughs> out of me. <laughs> 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 
Van was really like he was the star of this episode. He was like really pretty genuinely funny throughout. I think is he always that dumb? That's yeah, his thing. That's yeah. his bit. It's very much but like golden he, retriever. Look, hear me out on this. Too dumb. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but like, think of this isn't think of any sitcom. I don't think he's dumber than the dumbest character. You, can I be honest? I, you, this is what I'm going to say. The you dumbest. Say I don't sit- watch sitcoms. No, okay. I'm going to be like, I only watch movies based on books. No, I actually don't. Per- I actually like movies less when they're based on books. Because a book and a movie are different things. And a movie that's trying to do a book, it always kind of bores me. So I don't like Kubrick very much. Anyway. <laughs> okay. okay. Good what? side take. <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. Here, here is the dumbest TV character. The dumbest sitcom character I think I've ever accepted is Joey. Okay. You think Van's dumber and than I think- Joey? Van is dumber than Joe. Okay, but here, all right, my counter to that would be, like, Van is a fairly believable, dumb 17-year-old, or 18-year-old, and Joey is, Joey's like, a grown man. Joey's a grown man <laughs> that has, a, like, five really good friends who haven't been, like, let's stop being friends with him because he's such a dumbass. That's, like, less believable, I think. Yeah, but Joey's, like, a fun guy. I mean, Van is a fun guy. Van's, if you're Cheyenne, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is he as fun as Joey though? I mean, I bet. Like, who do you think would win at foosball, Joey or Van? Well, Van's better at sports, right? <laughs> I mean, but Joey famously plays foosball. Well, I don't know. Maybe Joey then. He plays a lot of foosball. <laughs> you know what? The Maybe. other thing about Friends that has always tweaked me. Well, there's a few things. <laughs> What's that? Okay, one is that it doesn't make sense that Phoebe is friends with these people. Do you think she's cooler than them? She is way cooler than the rest of them. It's always funny when, like, someone whose personality lines up with a character is like, (laughs) that character is so much cooler than the rest of the cast. That's maybe fair. That's maybe a fair (laughs) thing to say about me. Two, it doesn't make any sense. Fuck. Uh, Monica's job doesn't make sense. She's a cook, right? Yeah. She's but like, they work she's a lot. And they work at night a lot. That's and true. There's, and although I suppose they do sort of present her as a type A, she's also like really uptight. And th- and that's not necessarily what that kind of, what the what a person who's deep in that profession is like. They're not uptight. They're type A, but they're, but they're also like uh, pleasure free. And she's not a pleasure freak at all. <laughs> That's an interesting way to describe it. Three, it doesn't make sense that Ross is friends with them either. Ross is an academic and would have academic friends. So basically what you're saying is the entire premise of the show Friends doesn't make any sense. I think oh. most people have established right, that the premise, over a long period right, of the premise time. Of the show that is highly irrational. Is that they're friends. So yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. that's fair. There's an episode of Friends I watched recently. Where there's a friend, no, there's an episode of Friends where I watched recently where Ross traumatizingly recounts being mugged when he was young Mm -hmm. and and they stole his backpack Mm -hmm. and he leaves 
he gets mugged outside the comic book store. And when he leaves, Phoebe, who, for those who don't know, uh, was a, a homeless teen, was like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure I mugged Ross. <laughs> and it's like, I used to hang out at the, uh, that used to be one of my mugging spots because the kids at the, boys at the comic book store are so weak. And the episode doesn't take Phoebe's side. And it drove me nuts. Well, this was because, like Giuliani era New York. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fear mongering. That's true. But like Phoebe was a unhoused teen and she needed to fucking eat. So she robbed rich, rich Elliot Gould is my dad, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, maybe the show was trying to say like, you need to be transparent with your friends. Like if you mug your friend. No, but like, the, but like the whole plot was just like the whole plot was just like Phoebe needs to seek forgiveness from Ross, and it's like no, Ross needs to realize that his that his worldly possessions are worthless compared to the struggles of homeless teen Phoebe. Okay, Corbin. I want to hear some of this fervor applied to Reba, which is the focus of this podcast. Well, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> once again, I I mean, I did say that I think that maybe we're overrating Reba as a mother and everybody got, like, really mad at me. But okay. <laughs> okay, but what did you think about her little pep talk for Van? She which one? pretty good supportive. Well, what did you think about the general premise that, like, this guy... Uh, is like having crumbling an anxiety about because his yeah did you think that that was like a fair or even smart premise for a, you know what that is a decent premise okay see that's kind of like that now i'm writing reba, reba i'm writing i'm writing reba in the episode she goes to the doctor she fakes that she's having panic attacks she gets xanax she chops <laughs> it up and she puts it in his waffles <laughs> Well, maybe you should write an episode and just submit it. You know, right. they, they don't make Reba. It. They don't make Reba anymore. They're gonna reboot it, Corbin. Yeah, at some point. Reboot what, is it? what do you think the end game of this podcast is? <laughs> oh, you're a just trying to you're trying to grease a Reba reboot. We're trying to get jobs in the writers' room for a reboot, <laughs> and you're Reba honestly Reba not doing a great job to like help our cause. Well, well for you guys, I'm doing a great job for my scene because they're like <laughs> friends yeah, reboot. For sure. Yeah, no, yeah, Reba, she's gonna she's gonna dose somebody with benzos. Yeah. <laughs> um yes. Well, that is one potential. Well, we do have a punch up a Reba joke That's true. segment. That's so one of you're our just segments. punch so up a Reba it. narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's okay. Deadspin, well, Daily Beast, Vice Sports, all the greats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Corbin's been punching up publications yeah. for a long yeah. time. Yeah. All right, so we have we have a category, as Natalie said. We have a couple categories. Hey, so, like, Natalie, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, but it's not personal or anything, Johnny. Calm down. What's so, I just don't like it doesn't apply to me either. Like you're not this girl. Well, you don't care about the thing I'm going to ask her okay. about. Fine, fine, fine. So, so this so this uh, daughter, they um, let's call her Urban Daughter. You'll notice she wears a. At one point, she wears a top that has like shoulders, and it's like, oh, she's more cosmopolitan. Than Are you talking about Kira? Yeah, Kira. She, she has a name, Corbin. Corbin. Well, I, oh, sorry, I watched one episode and I didn't remember <laughs> everybody's name. 
I only remembered Vans because it's like about ha- half the fucking episode is about his name. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I got, you know what? I also knew Reba's name. Wow. Kind of hard not to. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you think. Uh, anyway, so she takes up the. <laughs> so she takes up the. Well, yeah, she's more cosmopolitan. Like her she arc is. is. I can see her arc. Her arc is going to be that she becomes alienated from this uh, down home folksy stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I right? Yeah, she's kind of an outsider vibe. She's yeah, like exactly. she's wise cracking. She's yeah. too cool for school. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah the she's going pilot to... description of her for the actor was definitely like or in the first script it was just probably just like smart ass daughter. Is yeah. Her. Yeah, she's going to Columbia or whatever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> relax. <laughs> the Sugarland to Columbia pipeline. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Johnny, where did you go to college? I went to St. Louis University. What the? Yeah. Is that a liberal arts school? <laughs> it is a Jesuit school. A lot of people call it the Columbia of the Midwest. Oh, Corbin, okay. what's your question? So she plays the tuba, and I knew that I was going to be on Natalie, <laughs> America's jazz bow. <laughs> and I was curious, who's the best jazz tubaist? Ooh, that's I, a good question. I thought you were going to ask, like, like from your trained year. Which one of those two kids is better at tuba? The well, they boy were both pretty bad crush at on, or the girl? They were both uh, pretty bad at tuba. So. I can't remember his name, but there's actually a guy. You know who John Batiste is? Yes. Um, yeah, so he was, like, more jazzy before he took on the uh, Stephen Colbert gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and He, used he wrote to play... the jazz in uh, Soul. Yeah, yeah, no, he did, um, yeah. which is cool for him. Um, yeah, kind of a, maybe maybe that movie isn't as good as it should be, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't watch it. You thought it the cartoon yet. should have been better? What? You, you thought that cartoon should have been better? Oh, I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Johnny was <laughs> strong on the animation is not art fucking. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're getting sidetracked. Anyway, John Batiste did more jazz. I'm not John. I'm not Johnny on the show to talk about Princess Mononoke. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should do that. But um, yes. Anyway, he had a band that would like play in the street in New York, like mm-hmm. you know, pre Colbert. And the tuba player for that band, whose name I cannot remember right now, but if you search John Batiste tuba player, he'll probably come up. Um, mm-hmm. He's like extremely good, like very, very, very will do solos and stuff. And there's actually another guy. Wait one second. Um, I'm going to Google this because I need to remember it. My brain is. Um, is it e- is it e band is it e band? Yeah, Abanda. What's his last name? Uh, Rumbika looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Um, and he's also a he's also in UCB apparently. He's also an improviser. Wow. Okay, that is a surprise. Um, yeah. and the other guy is Theon Cross. He's British. Um, and he plays with a bunch of really cool London jazz people. But I find the idea of British jazz deeply offensive. Uh, well, you should try listening to some because it's really good. <laughs> london is where like it has arguably like one of the best scenes going right now because they actually have like public funding for you know music education for kids which Mm -hmm. america kind of doesn't at this point yeah 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 full socialism exactly when you watch Uh, the show does it ever trouble you that reba 
probably voted for Trump? Uh, I don't like to think about it because, you know, I think Reba's one of a kind and I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> I don't know who she voted for. And, you know, frankly, it's none of my business right at this moment because at least she didn't campaign for him. So. Uh, no, I meant no, not actually Reba McIntyre. Oh, I meant the, the character. character. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Reba McIntyre, the person, probably did. Did or didn't? Didn't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say from eight episodes of this, I don't. I'm not very that. convinced that her character would have voted for Trump. Oh. Like, if there's like, because the whole point. I mean, this episode was not heavy on it yeah you know and i like, might be i might be stereotyping texas people right now and i feel kind of bad. <laughs> right i mean the show is sort bad. of about like how she goes against the grain of her like relatively conservative suburban surroundings yeah it's so, a lot of like you people are crazy yeah Meaning, i mean like, that is, i mean but like if okay let's say that the show never ended so at some point she would have to come face to face with the emerging specter of fascism in her community, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's true. But she would be living in an increasingly blue Texas. So, like... Oh, that's true. You know, I don't know. I feel like if she just stayed on the same path she was on... Unless she got red-pilled. Right. I mean, unless, like, Reba got... Yeah, unless, too, unless, she but... got, unless she was like, yeah, I've got this Facebook to keep up with Van. <laughs> and the next next right. fucking thing you know exactly man and man and my blonde daughter who's the main core i mean that, that's quite the like sort of hypothetical exercise is like any sitcom character from 20 years ago like the likelihood of them getting red-pilled i mean honestly though because like really it's not as much of like how they what their politics are when the show is airing it mm-hmm. is kind of like, well, how stupid are they? Because, I mean, you, you know, it's like, who would Joey have voted for? I feel like Joey has a voted. Heart. Well, yeah, I feel like Joey's <laughs> probably just going to vote in. Joey is not, never registered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably for the best. I don't know. You want, jo- you want, you want Joey deciding your fate? Uh, Ross, 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 I think, is a science guy. So probably, you know worried about his funding uh seems odd to think that rachel would vote uh phoebe phoebe probably would not have voted for trump but you know there is fertile ground for something to take root there. I, mean, I mean there's phoebe... fertile ground for galaxy brain anything yeah so. well phoebe seems pretty third party <laughs> yeah if, if any character on that show uh what about Gundam? Mo- monica no <laughs> chandler chandler's a wild card Chandler's a wild card, you know. We're talking way too much about I Friends. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. I have never like I've watched like three episodes of Friends in my life. I feel like so. Yeah, me too. Anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. So let me ask you about the category we have, okay? Which is the J.R. Smith Award. And that award goes to it's, it's totally original. It hasn't knocked off of any podcast. Our podcast isn't a knockoff of any other podcast either. This award is like goes to the character who makes the biggest blunder. Wait a minute. The- Did you do you take this? Did you take this from them? Okay. Take what from who? Please anyway, ask okay. us about any further questions off the air. I mean, that's you. fair. <laughs> so the i'm not like sticking up for them or anything you know who the look 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 freelancers gotta stick together baby (laughs) 
Look, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts. I only listened to the Turtle Pond coming out. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have that category or what. But so this award goes to person who makes the biggest blunder, does something dumb, does something bad, whatever it might be. But by the time the episode's over, it's like that character is fairly likable despite the blunder. Is anybody well, this one girl entrusting her heart to this little fuck boy? Okay, you that's, think that's you a, think that's her? So like she she slipped up, and it's like, but we I mean we you have to love her because she got her heart broken. Yes. Okay, that's not what that's, I was expecting. Yeah, that's not what I was. Expecting. What do you think I was going to say? Well, I mean, I think that like the problem with this award is that it's almost always banned because it's kind of like he's such a dumbass, but he's mm-hmm. always well intentioned. So it's well, yeah, like, but also, but this ep- but, uh, but this episode, Van, he just ran up against his limits. I, you know, I don't know if it's a mistake. <laughs> true, that's, that's true. a very poetic way. That's of that's it. fair. Yeah, he didn't yeah. like make a fuck up. He no, he's he's dealing with he's dealing with a monumental amount of pressure. Right. I, I mean, actually I, think I kind of liked that plot in the abstract because that was how they framed it. It wasn't like Van is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. That he yeah. can't pass. It was like, no, Van's not that stupid. He's just under a lot of pressure. Yeah, right. There was right. a lot of like, it's hard to be a teenager when the adults put that much pressure on you. Yeah. And right. your and your pregnant wife. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think that Kira could probably be a good candidate for this episode. I c- you could go Brock, maybe. He's probably the person who like most obviously fucked up. I don't know if he's ever That's really true. lovable though. Yeah. So it's sort of like well, like he wasn't work. bad at the end. Like, is there is there a point where Brock has to kill somebody <laughs> to protect somebody? But it's sort of like vague as to whether or not he like Corbin. Did. Have you listened to the podcast? Like, no. we recap the other episodes and. Well, no, but I mean, like, like in future episodes. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that Natalie yeah. has seen this whole show. No, no, but that happened in episode four. <laughs> oh, fuck! Damn. I mean, they didn't it just talk about like the they, ankle bracelet. It just seems like there would be an episode where Brock is like, he's got like half a tumbler full of scotch, and he's like <laughs> leaning over it, and he says, "Reba," and she's just like, "You did what you you did what you had to do," and he's like, "I know." But you know what scares me, Reba? Is I like it. You know? <laughs> See, that, Your I, Texas accents really impressive. It's sharp, yeah. Thank you. I studied theater in college. I think uh I think like the, the middle ground of that, which is maybe like he's gonna be like I like the idea that like he'll be wasted on the job, maybe. Mm-hmm. As a oh, dentist, do it's like malpractice, you know, like he like <laughs> destroys someone's like whole teeth set up. So then, so I have a question: Does Reba have a job, or is she just a homemaker? She's she's on the alimony train right now. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could tell that, but like, she doesn't have a job that we're aware of. Okay. It hasn't been introduced yet. So she might be. What did we all think about that little moment when they when she was like, "I will always wanted to be a singer." Wink. Did, you, did that happen? Corbin, yeah. did you like pause the episode and kind of like catch yourself a little bit there? Well, just, I I thought this woman was just a sitcom actress. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I kidding. Know. I know she's a country singer. I couldn't tell even one of her songs. You've never heard Fancy? 
I that's my knowledge. It's this oh it's God. literally the opening have. credits to Inherent Vice. No, it's not. <laughs> the opening credits to Inherent Vice is a can song. <laughs> can probably the exact opposite of Reba McIntyre. That doesn't is that good or bad? It just is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so another category we have is the Reba joke punch up. And I think did. Corbin did it for us. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I mean Well, I improved the whole episode. Right. Yeah. It's a pretty punch up is like an understatement. Putting it mildly. You did. Yeah. yeah, you sort of dramatically did. rewrote. But you know, yeah. that's what we like, yeah. you know, thinking outside the box. Reba can always yeah. use a little bit of that, I think. Yeah. And then all right. I mean, so aside we... from Reba, who's always thinking outside the box. <laughs> is it just me or is there not a lot of Reba in this Reba? This episode? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was pretty Van and Kira-centric, but she came yeah. in for some clutch moments. I mean, she gave Van a good pep talk, she chided Brock, and she gave Kira a pep talk. Does anybody so ever she... have to give Reba a pep talk? Or a pep talk? Not a pep talk. Well, that's not like, you know, oh, you're a good boy, Reba. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's sort of the commentary, is that, you know, the, uh, the matriarchy is not yeah. in the family. The matriarch in the family is not allowed that sort of he's just kind of got to carry that torch for everybody yeah Yeah. it's the patriarchy at work you know women know never get to rest never get it's a show it's a show about a woman who has to do all of the emotional labor yeah pretty much i mean with that we could talk about reba's most feminist moment which i don't know that's another segment just looking at reba as a radical in this show there wasn't like a huge standout yeah i was keeping an eye out for it and i didn't see much i mean like there was i feel like i feel like her idea about like i can't trust my daughter with that boy was kind of retrograde very i mean i'll say that i didn't love that kira's narrative was about her learning to play the tuba because she liked a boy who played the tuba i was kind of like all right i'm not with that you know because she yeah shouldn't reba have said you need to blaze your own trail yeah, make, I mean, that would have been... You know, you need to make these disgusting men play the instrument you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an improvement, for sure. Um, yeah. And also because she referenced band practice in the last episode. So clearly, like, band's important to her, and the clarinet was probably important to her, and yet she, like, gave it up to play tuba, um, which, for a boy... Which, which also, kind of it should be said, completely different kind of instrument. Yes. Like it a is. completely different like mouth thing you're doing. Well, I think as we saw, they weren't very good at it. So that, that part was believable. Um, even the guy who allegedly played tuba before was still not good at the tuba. So um, I think that was definitely a joke that I could have done without, which is just like tuba sounds funny. You know, it's kind of like needless tuba slander you know yeah right but at the very least if you're gonna do it work in some like fart stuff right yeah like like that like that like that husband like that ex-husband he walks in the room and then in the other room the girl's playing the tuba and then he goes oh it wasn't me that would have actually been really funny you just punched up a reba joke again yeah yeah it's a bit Uh, of a you know what sitcom writer is definitely a road not taken for old corpse um okay what other um that might have been funny that might have been funnier if it was van instead of the dad it's hard to say it would have been funny if it was the little boy 
honestly. Nah. Yeah, Jake got some lines this episode. They weren't he really. Got, he spelled out. Or he how do we feel? How we feel? How we feel about this, Jake? Uh, we feel sad for him and yeah. like he's absolutely raising himself. You know, <laughs> just... uh, was wearing like a very sharp little outfit to play go fish. He's got his <laughs> button down tucked into his slacks mm-hmm. for one round of goldfish, which go fish, which he doesn't even get to finish. He's like cowboy, cowboy boots. Asked to leave the room. Yeah, I know. Reba's like, yeah, I want you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, look, like... We, I tried to spend time with you, but Cheyenne's home, so go to the kitchen. Like, I thought it was wild that he wore a Boy Scout outfit. Did just he wear because a Boy we live? Yeah, he did. Yeah, just because we live in such a like a bowling alone time. You know, when uh, when we're all alienated from our communities, that it was weird to see a show like actively acknowledge a a young man in a in a in a group, in a who's who's in a like a like a boys group, <laughs> and they're not playing Fortnite. Wow! <laughs> Look at this Corbin nostalgia for the good old days. Yeah. Corbin, were you a Boy Scout? Very briefly, I was not good at it. Like when you were like Jake's age. Uh yeah, I think so. I well, I was it was a Cub Scout. I was not. Well, that I, was, I was a Cub Scout too. That was not probably. something I was good at. Right. I mean, I, were uh, you? Did you get any patches? Nah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Part anyway. of you know, this is part of the reason I got into religion is to get away from Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, okay, so next category is most incongruous moment. I don't know. Was there something? I mean, for you, everything is probably incongruous because I was forgetting context means incongruous, meaning um, just didn't fit. Was yeah. surprising. Oh like, yeah, well I, else. I mean, I think that the fact that they that the kids just talk about fucking all the time is just, yeah. I, I think, think that last scene was probably the incongruous right. moment, especially yeah. because like they had. It's not like the show didn't have, like they acted like we haven't worked a joke in we gotta get like a joke in real quick as if the show doesn't have is like it's silly the entire time and then mm-hmm. it's just like the end of the show like the last line is like man i mean these they're gonna be fucking up there now After and finals. at finals <laughs> yeah like we already know this guy doesn't like protection and <laughs> she's pregnant so right <sighs> but the also, Natalie pointed out, did you, I don't know, th- this is sort of like an unanswerable type of question, but it's like, did that, do you remember the oven mitt joke? Oh, was yeah. That that a, was... was that a condom joke? Yeah, right? And, but I mean, didn't, it wouldn't make it sense. It didn't, like, it doesn't make sense as a condom joke, but like, it doesn't make sense as not a joke either. No, I also, I also thought that. I didn't bring it up because I thought everybody would think it was weird, but I also thought <laughs> that seems like a condom joke. Yeah, and it's like her daughter is twelve. Yeah, if she uses an oven mitt, I was like, "Hey, wait a second, <laughs> Corbin, does that even work?" <laughs> trust me, trust me, Johnny, it does not. <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, hey, do they have a dog? No, no. I bet that's like surely gonna be a plot. Is adopting that's a dog? That's fucked up. They don't have a dog. Like the family or the writers? The family. I'm you think that that would have kind of like solved a lot of the chaos of i just like pregnancy. dogs i wanted to see a dog oh, okay. <laughs> that's true 
Um, should we? I did think about a Reba song to go with this episode. What do you got? This is Corbin. This will be like your homework. You get to listen. Is to it an, song. an achy, breaky heart? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm Billy sorry. Ray Cyrus. I'm sorry. You know, I like country, but I don't really like that pop country stuff so much. Okay. Okay. Look, that's food for another podcast. You know, you like... listen to the most recent episode of the New York Times podcast if you want to be schooled on some pop country music. Oh, are you on the new podcast? I was, yes. Oh, Um, congratulations. Thank you. It kind of seems like maybe the New York Times could have me on, but whatever. (laughs) To talk about Achy Break Your Heart and how it was performed by Reba McIntyre? Or I don't know, whatever. Or Bob Dylan. I I like Bob Dylan. Yeah, there's not enough people talking about Bob Dylan. (laughs) When was the last time you talked about Bob Dylan? Mm, I don't know. Uh, Maybe you guys need 11th to grade. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck off. <laughs> when I was trying to impress a girl, I don't know. Um, okay. Why would that impress a girl? <laughs> because 11th graders are dumbasses and they try to like take something that was... Natalie, you're a girl. Mm-hmm. When you were in 11th grade, what kind of music could somebody talk to you about that you would say, oh, impressive? Well, obviously I'm not. I'm implying that it wouldn't work i'm I'm asking natalie because i'm curious about her mindset at the time i don't know probably a lot of stuff at that point i was generally of the opinion that like men knew more than i did about everything so i was kind of like yeah you know that internalized sexism was still kind of hitting at that point how you got into columbia You could play by the how I got into patri- Columbia was internalized sexism. Well, yeah, you knew how to play by the rules of the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, I guess. Um, now you're and now you're a member of the establishment. Yeah, that's that's where I always wanted to be a member of the establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Reba Washables is. It's the podcast of the establishment. Of the establishment. Yeah, Dick um, Cheney's listening to this and going, "What is <laughs> Corbin yeah. really making me laugh?" <laughs> Yeah, we have like 10 listeners and one of them is definitely Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yes. He doesn't have a lot to do. Reba's song <laughs> that goes with right. this episode. You know what? I'm sorry. You know what? I'm really sorry. I was <laughs> acting like a patriarch there. I apologize. Fucking <laughs> Brock, Corbin, Brock Smith. Um, yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, there's a song called Congratulations from one of Reba's early albums. Kind of a deep cut. People don't really listen to them um but the chorus is like good. huh because they're like not good or what? Uh, no they're actually really good but you know critical narratives don't always acknowledge like what music is actually good they kind of tend to conform to prevailing trends or whatever so anyway i'm disrupting that narrative by saying the song is good um, I enjoy it, and the chorus is congratulations, like you made a fool out of me, you know. So it's kind of like speaking to oh. Kira's storyline a little bit, because um, she felt a little stupid because that stupid boy didn't like her. Um, but it's a nice song, and I like it. So. Are a lot of Reba's songs about worthless men? I mean, there's definitely a proportion that are. I would say. Okay. She likes to. But she really runs the gamut. I would recommend not to toot my own horn too much, but I have a Reba playlist on Spotify that's like eight hours long. Um, gets some of the highlights of the Reba discography. Uh, hey, sorry, excuse me. Did you say eight hours long? 
Yeah. That's one and a half. Uh, how does Ziba have eight hours of recorded music? She has way more than that. <laughs> this is the distilled version. Holy, hold it on. How many Reba albums are there? Like 30? 30? How many of them are Christmas albums? Mm, like, that wasn't including the Christmas albums. <laughs> There's a lot of Reba albums. She's been recording since, I mean, maybe 30 is an exaggeration. She has a lot, though. Why does she have so many albums? Because she's I been guess, making well, music since like nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. So like, wait, really? Yes. Reba was around in the seventies, late seventies. I can't remember the first album, but, huh. but yeah, right. damn. Um, it's okay, Corman. You'll learn about the history of Reba. Um, yeah, I probably won't. <laughs> Well, you could, and your life would be enriched for it, I think, personally. But um, okay. but yeah, anyway, are there other segments we're missing? That's um, it. Corbin, any final thoughts about this episode, about your first encounter with Reba? It was hornier than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Anything fair point. Else? I mean... And there's a like a Reba. The first viewing of Reba is it was blank. It was more blank than I thought it would be. It's yeah. usually something. And I would say like that's a fair yeah. seven out of ten it is usually that word is horny. And you think I my other thing to hear is that the thing I was most shocked about is that this kid is a cornerback. Right. <laughs> it is like a I it's one of the most like interesting parts of the show. <laughs> and the more I think about it, the I mean, in terms of like talking about this show as much as we're talking about, the more I get it in my head, I'm like, is that a silly plot mistake that they accidentally did and they couldn't change it? Or is it an inside joke? Like or it would do make- they really sincerely feel that like, actually, like this is a defense first, you know, 2002, <laughs> there was not less points were scored and like they just thought, but even like, then but even then it would make more sense if he was uh like a lineman yeah wait why like a linebacker because they are a, more important than cornerbacks no not i mean maybe in 2002 not in 2021 uh i mean i would say like the the counter argument to this point the devil's advocate to this point that you're making that I've also made a bunch of times would just be Deion Sanders. I mean, Deion or Sanders. If, like, okay, how about this? What, or, like if, or like uh, if they said he was a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Even that would, I feel like, make more sense than cornerback. Well, who is the linebacker that you would say in football history like a team couldn't have won without? Bobby Wagner. Ray Lewis. <laughs> I mean, who's there? I would say, I mean, I guess Ray Lewis did win a Super Bowl MVP, and so did Deion Sanders, though. So I don't know. I mean, it's like it's not. But Deion Sanders, De, well, Deion Sanders was also a receiver, Johnny. Yeah, that's true, but he was an enormously impactful cornerback. Okay. I mean, he was like a Pro Bowl cornerback. I mean, I guess there's like. Does there's, this kid I, seem like he's as good as Deion Sanders? That's the thing. Is I mean, it, like. <laughs> I could play devil's advocate, but I'm going to keep running into obstacles because, okay, like, let's say he is, if Deion Sanders is the, is the example, the exception that proves the rule. I mean, like, 
this guy is not look like Deion Sanders. He's also like, like six. Like four. who is he's the best? Like who is the best cornerback in the last decade? Maybe Richard Sherman. Yeah. Could be yeah, probably Sherman, Sherman right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I mean, Sherman's great, but I don't think anybody is like. You need that. This team can't win without Richard Sherman. I mean, like when they yeah. won the Super Bowl, you could argue he was their best. Yeah, player. that's probably that's actually that's so actually true. I mean, that's that kind of. I mean, it kind I of think, works. Well, Cam Chancellor probably had more of an impact. Yeah, and what did Cam Chancellor play, Natalie? Safety. Safety. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a lineman. Never mind. <laughs> but um, I mean, this was also peak Champ Bailey, like two thousand one. Like he, people acted like Champ Bailey was like one of the five best players in the NFL, and he was a cornerback. So I don't know. I mean. But there's yes, a little bit of precedent, weird. but it's it is it just hard to fathom, and just how easy it would be to make him quarterback. Right? Like, <laughs> why isn't he the quarterback? One, two, they could just I mean, talk it, about it and never say what position he plays. You know, is it is it that he is dumb, and they're like, and like, and like they don't no, feel like it would be believable? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm not saying cornerbacks are dumb. I'm saying that in the reality of this show. That they're like he's not an intellectual like a corner like a quarterback. <laughs> I I mean I wonder if they're just sort of like they thought of a position that wouldn't invite. I mean, well, it's, this is a dumb argument because it's obviously we're asking a bunch of questions. But I was gonna say like doesn't ask as many questions. Like if it's quarterback, you're expecting like more extremely football specific like plot lines. Uh, you know, like going over the playbook. I mean, I know cornerbacks yeah, have to study a playbook, that's but fair. like if you just kind of give a like a position that people who watch sitcoms are not like thinking that intensely about, you can just sort of be like, he's got the big game. He's got a game to play. And he, but then you can't really have it both ways because then it's like, well, he's the most important player on the team, according to the <laughs> a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. If he's I the mean, best athlete on the team, wouldn't he play a higher leverage position? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's, it, we're, we're all in agreement. It doesn't make very much sense. And yet that is the way that, right. that it is. I mean, I, we need a, we need to have like a, a strictly football writer on the Rainbow Watchables. That's true. And just sort of like that'll be it'll be like a what do you call it? Like a an episode that is standalone. We won't mm-hmm. cover an episode. We'll just cover cover Van's football yeah, prospects. His football reference page. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know Mike's not up to much, so. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> that's true. Mike honestly would <laughs> he would take it so uh, like genuinely. He would yeah. like have like an Excel sheet. Um, Mike would, and you know what? Can I say something? I think Mike would really click with the with the down home vibe of Reba. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, he's Texas. Yeah. He's you know, like you know, yeah. I'm not, a Pacific Northwest son. Right. Mike, exactly. he's like a he's a good and, old boy. Yeah, you're kind of you. Mike wears Portland cowboy hats. Episode. Yeah, Mike wears cowboy hats everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boots. Mike always has his thumbs tucked into his belt loops. Right. I mean, we were gonna have him over to record one, but like. His horse wasn't feeling good, so he had no way of getting. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. And he, Mary, uh, he said Mary. He didn't even call. He didn't even say my horse, Mary. He just said Mary ain't doing so good, Jay man. Yeah. 
He said, Mike, I've known you for a while. Won't even touch your sugar cube. <laughs> okay. I feel like we've definitely gone longer. Remember when she's like, oh, he won't even eat. I, I was like, okay. All right, oh, you on. mean Van? Yeah, or, yeah, not, not the yeah. Worst, yeah. And then, and the little piece of me was like, I mean, he's, a, I mean, I, you know, he's probably on a diet because you know he's a high level athlete. But okay, <laughs> I feel like high school football players aren't usually on diets. Yeah. But well, not in two thousand and one, but I'm pretty sure they are nowadays. <laughs> okay, right. I don't know if you're familiar with toxic competitive culture, Natalie. They talked about it in this episode of Reba. It's kind of only gotten worse. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, Corbin, we don't want to take too much of your time. We know you've got a lot going well, on. too late. You already did. <laughs> that's fair, too. Um, we didn't have a super like rigid schedule for the for the podcast and so i'm just kidding it's a pleasure to speak to both of you come on thank you thanks corbin what when hey, is the uh, next uh pod dropping the next tomorrow or uh, friday yeah. friday we've got jules want... boykoff on the, who uh, jules boykoff he is an okay. academic who writes about the olympics hey. yeah he's like famous is does he talk yeah. about turtles or does he talk about the olympics i'm talking about the olympics okay we don't talk about turtles on every episode. Well, I mean, it would. Why not? It's just the name of the thing. I just, you know, it's about it's a <laughs> podcast about relaxing at a turtle pond. But you don't always talk about turtles down at the turtle pond. Do you? Are do you have a turtle near you every time you record? No, I right. at home. I don't own a turtle. I'm not David Roth. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know this about David? He owns a turtle. I didn't know that. I know. I'm not that sounds like a thing. Can David I tell you guys? Do. Can I tell you guys something? Yeah. David would 100 percent do this. Oh yeah, no. I my list of possible like we have the list and he's on it. And so yeah. I hope you feel very honored that you were asked before him. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I'm um, better. I don't know what to tell. Like I'm better than David Roth. I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the. That's what the takeaway. Hey, that's is. the thing is like we gotta do quite a few of these, and, and everybody everyone is should know that it's in, <laughs> in order of how good they are. Yeah. yeah. Look, these look. I don't know who these other two people you've had on are. I'm sure they're great, but better than me, who knows? <laughs> well, we did them in order, so we can't really argue with the ranking at this point. Yeah. Um, third is good. Hey, you know. Hey, yeah. You get a medal. You don't call. Get some medal. Yeah. Bronze still conducts electricity, baby. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, Corbin, is there anything else you would like to plug? Where can people read your work? Uh, Daily Beast a lot lately, here, there, everywhere. Nice. Corbin A. Smith on Twitter. Uh, Corbin, uh, where I post a lot of pictures of uh, animals. They are very uh, beautiful pictures. Yeah. Very, very relaxing pictures yeah i recently uh i recently took a lot of pictures of a little family of bigly ducklings which, uh, i thought that was a delight nice. and uh, yeah i didn't think i'd ever be a wholesome content guy but here i am editing and posting pictures of little baby ducklings so that people go these are so cute look it's with age comes wisdom and yeah. baby duck pictures just ask reba just ask Reba the cat who's sitting on our futon right now, sleeping while we record this. Um, you know what the fucked up thing is? Your cat Reba hates the TV show Reba. 
<laughs> I mean, that's possible. She's more of, thir- more of a thirty. She hates rock. any time that there's attention not on her specifically. So I think oh, in that okay. context, she definitely okay. does hate it. Okay, somebody we know. <laughs> me, okay. me, me, Corbin. <laughs> Um, well, hey, do you guys? I have a question. Do you guys think you are a cat or a dog? I feel like, based on what I've heard you say about cats <laughs> in a podcast, I don't really want to. I think. I oh, think we oh this fuck! I forgot. All right, I forgot. Everybody thinks I'm a cat weirdo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll I save that probably, topic for probably a turtle. I think. There's def- I mean, there's definitely an episode of Reba where one of her becomes becomes a furry, right? I mean, she has to learn to accept it. There might be an offhand furry joke. I feel like the oven mitt thing leaves that open. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know about a whole episode. But... I would say when UPN turns into CW, the they have one. a little bit of breathing room. You mean the WB? WB. Yeah, I forgot that the WB doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, it's the CW when now. when Reba like moved from WB to wherever it moved after. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, HBO <laughs> for the Corbin version. Um, if somebody, if somebody <laughs> irony casted Reba in a role where she was like a brutal Southern matron, I'd buy that. I mean, like, I think wow, she actually we're... already has had that role. Um, what? She was in Tremors. Yeah, she w- she was sort of a brutal Southern matron. Oh, oh, I forgot she's in Tremors. Man, Tremors is a fun movie. Tremors is amazing. I'm trying. I need to get Johnny to watch it. I've she's one of the it. only. She's one of the only people who ices a tremor. <laughs> I mean, that's that's saying something. I mean, the she's real, you know she... what she's she's what she's doing? a lot of fun in Tremors. Yeah, have me on when you guys watch Tremors. That could be like a Patreon episode. <laughs> yeah. When we get tremors there. watchable. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, Corbin, thank you so much for coming on. For... Oh, please, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. You'll have to come back, and this time, you know, well, you'll anytime. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe now that you're acquainted with the Rebaverse, it will grow mm. on you. And there, I'm sorry, is there another show in the Rebaverse? Uh, yes, I think so. She just does other band. TV shows. It's also she's been appearing on Young Sheldon's. <laughs> um, but... she play? Oh, who does she play on Young Sheldon? I don't know. Reba. Reba. But yeah, thank you. Sorry, this went long. Um, and oh, but I, I mean, it went long because I don't shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you may have talked a little bit more about Friends than I would have ideally hoped, but. You know, Fair we're right. just we're gonna get you hooked on Reba. I see it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, next time it'll be great. And thank you to everybody who's been listening. Um, Reba Watchables is available everywhere you find normal podcasts. I don't know. Subscribe. Tell your friends. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.